Hi there! Welcome to Textures, a podcast about art, design and entrepreneurship. My name is Valérie Legras. In each episode, I meet with an artist, designer, creator, innovator, individuals who add textures to our world. We discuss how they are able to make it happen. Join me in discovering their world, their work, and how they go about living and leading a life that inspires themselves and others. I have Mariana Massey with me today. She's a photographer with broad experience. Throughout her career, she has covered sports, entertainment, fashion, portraiture, and news for the best, including Getty Image USA. She has captured content around the world. Her portfolio is stunning. Her camera snaps moments in action, moments in time, moments in life. I'm excited to discuss her process. Hi, Mariana. Thank you so much for having me here in your house. Thanks for having me here. So we are going to start about where you're from and how you started uh, in your creative journey. Um, I'm from a very small town in Mississippi called Laurel, south of Jackson. Um, yeah, growing up in a small town was pretty much how you would imagine it. I mean, back in the day when your parents let you ride your bike all around and didn't have to tell them where you were going, and I feel like these kind of things would never happen now in this day and age. So it was a lot of freedom, a lot of um, time for exploring, and kind of ev an everyone-knows-everyone sort of place, which I think as a child was really great, you know, and I enjoyed it. Um, I also knew it was a small town, so I also kind of always had this um, wanting of like seeing more and getting out and going somewhere different. I think if you grow up in a small town and anyone else that has, you always have this kind of, you know, you have this vision of like your life and what it's going to be like and, and you're, and you have some boredom and, you know, you, you run the same streets and you know the same people and you know there's more out there. And I think I always knew that there was and I think I knew I wanted to see that and find that um, and luckily as a child like my parents liked to travel so they would take us with them often so I think that early on helped me have a love for travel and seeing new places in the world and having an appreciation for other things out there um, so I left Mississippi when I was about 12 years old we moved to Pensacola Florida um, for a job change for one of my parents and so ended up going to high school there and then I went on to the University of Florida from there and I majored in photojournalism um and I mean I knew what that was but I just knew that I liked photography and I knew that I liked writing and I thought if I could pair the two together then that would be an ideal profession in whatever way that was going to turn out for me and I did take photography in high school and I really I really um took a shine to that I mean I never felt like I was the best by any means or the you know the star student but I always knew that I liked it um so at University of Florida I did photojournalism and it was great I mean I again like I wasn't you know I wasn't like top of my class I wasn't any of those things I just I just found it to be interesting and I liked getting to know the different stories and the different people and and just this way of getting into people's lives um through your profession I thought was pretty interesting that people I would meet complete strangers would then tell me their stories and like allow me into their lives and with my camera and that's a pretty rare thing I mean it, you kind of have to get someone to trust you within 30 seconds you know or a minute of your time and that's I think that taught me a lot and also taught me to be open and vulnerable and let the people be those things back to me 
um, it's like been a gift, you know, my whole life to get to know people and, and be in situations that I never thought I'd be in. And so when you got out of school, you had an internship or you had a job? Uh, I did. Like I interned at the Gainesville Sun at, in Florida at the University of Florida in Gainesville. And I did that for a semester. Um, and then it was summer was coming <laughs> and they wanted me to stay on. And Gainesville is really hot in the summer. I mean, it's almost unbearable, kind of like New Orleans. And I knew that I didn't want to stay there for the summer. And I wanted, my plan was to move to California. Um, and my parents were, you know, kind of not for that. They were like, why are you moving there? You can't just move there without a job. And I was like, I want to go to L.A. And I want to surf. And I want to be at the beach. And I've always loved the ocean and the water. And so that was my plan. But my parents kind of squashed that and said, in order for me to go out there, I had to find a job. So, so I took my tiny portfolio of 10 pictures and I sent it to different uh, newspapers out there and never thinking that I would be offered a job, but I was at this, um, the paper called the daily pilot, which was like a subsidiary of the LA times. So back in, in that time period, the LA times had, um, it had like community news sections. So Newport Beach or Huntington Beach and all these little towns they would have inserts into the LA Times so that was the daily pilot so that was Newport Beach California so I got this job told my parents I think they were a little shocked as was I <laughs> so then they had to let me go so my mom and I actually um, took a road trip from Florida and drove out to LA wow. with all my things and it was pretty funny it was like a Thelma and Louise mother-daughter trip and it was great like we stopped along the way we saw so many things and um And I think they just were, you know, slightly worried to leave their 21-year-old daughter out in California and, and then say goodbye. But they helped me. I mean, they helped me find an apartment, and I had my newspaper job, and so I started that job, and I loved it. I mean, it was – we covered everything from, you know, spot news to sports to, you know, any kind of festival or any kind of um, – you know, beautiful scenes, like wild art is what we used to call it, where you would drive around and try to find, you know, a kid playing in a sprinkler on a hot day. And these are the kind of things that, like, people in the community were looking to see and that, that was, like, important to them to run in the paper. So it was quite a myriad of things. But I love the the changing of it every day. I was always something new, and I had these amazing colleagues that really taught me so much and and just inspired me. I mean, from editing to community work and just getting to know everyone in the office from the writers to the editors it was just it was like newspaper at its best I find and I didn't even know what that was going to be like and I didn't know I was going to like it as much as I did but then shortly after that time was kind of like the decline of starting the decline of newspapers in the U.S. I'd say um where they were a lot of them were closing down a lot of them were like restructuring um so that happened at hours like I think um, the Tribune company came in and bought it and then from that point a lot of people were let go and a lot of people were just you know retiring or opting out to take these you know chances to get out of the business and because I was quite young I think that's one of the reasons why I was you know let go because I didn't have a family I didn't have anyone I was supporting and I remember being crushed that I was not going to have this job anymore <laughs> and I think I called my dad crying or whatever and he was like you got a college degree like go find another job like not really a lot of sympathy and just kind of you know pick yourself up and and move on so from that I started working with agencies like quite young like photo agencies and at that time I didn't really know 
what all that meant, but I just knew that you would go shoot things and then you could submit them to an agency and they would basically outsource your photos and those photos would be bought and then you would make money that way. So that's kind of how I started in the agency business, like shooting sports for Corbis and red carpet and entertainment for wire image. Both of those agencies have since been bought by Getty images. And then, and so that's, that's kind of how that all transpired. And then agencies kind of became the new newspaper, I'd say, you know, I mean, we always had AP and we always had Reuters, but then you had these bigger agencies coming into play, which they would hire photographers to go cover events. And then those images would get sent out to newspapers and wire services and things of that nature. So when you go on the red carpet, yeah. I guess there is like a lot of a photographer. lot of photographers. Yeah. So first of all, can, how can you access the red carpet? Well, and how are you going to stand out? It was it was pretty funny. I mean, I think being young and being just kind of brash and not really, not really understanding like the whole scope of it, like kept me in it because I think now I would be I think I might be too annoyed to even put up with it because back then it was it was kind of a circus and so you would have to get credentialed through a certain agency or or through a newspaper or a magazine so they would you know they'd send out the release for a certain movie and then the agency you worked for would put your name in and then you would have a spot on the red carpet like they would put a spot for you and obviously like the better the agency or the more higher you know if it was like people magazine or something they would give you a better spot but sometimes you know, if you were just starting out, you wouldn't have the best spot. And they had these veterans. I mean, there was people that had been shooting red carpet for, you know, 50 years and they were, oh, wow. oh and they were bitter and, <laughs> and they were, they had their spot and they weren't going to let you in. And, and lots of things like that, like elbowing you out of the way, blocking you with their cameras or just making sure like you didn't get a better picture than them. It was pretty, pretty uh, full on. So I did that for a few years. Um, and I mean, I got to see so many things. I mean, like from the you know, Golden Globes to Academy Awards to just normal everyday run-of-the-mill red carpet premieres. And you just see this, you know, it's like humanity at its finest and all its good and bad. You know, you've got all the red carpet photographers, you've got all the reporters, you've got uh, celebrities ranging in, you know, from A-listers all the way down to people trying to make their way in the world. And this was kind of at the start of, like, reality TV so a lot of that was just beginning to be popular. So no one really, I mean, these people would come to the red carpet and I'm talking back in the day, like Kim Kardashian, Paris Hilton. And we'd be like, really? Like they're, what, what are they doing here? Like we got to shoot these people. Like, no, we didn't think they'd sell. Like we didn't, they weren't really running in the magazines. And it was right when like um, Laguna Beach was starting, like these kind of reality shows with all these kids on it. And I, we just kind of found it funny. Like we, cause to us they weren't celebrities you know but now this now they are I mean now like a reality star is basically an A-list celebrity so it was funny now looking back to see that I was like at the start of that that whole scene of that so basically you received your kind of order if I can say that yeah um, you have it Getty was going to right like they like let's say for instance like the, the new Quentin Tarantino movie was going to be premiering so then they would say okay like the premiere is Thursday night so then I knew it started at x time and i would have to be there like probably like an hour and a half to two hours before to get your spot and then the you know people start coming on the carpet and you like shoot all of that and then you go back home and you would send all of your pictures 
in and then like they would send those out to like magazines newspapers wire services and so do you edit your picture yeah, yeah i would edit them okay. like i would bring them in on the card and then i would photoshop them like you know caption them and then send them in and so the faster you got them in the more likely they were to like run in the magazines or things like that and then having like the distribution from your agency was super helpful like that that would like catapult your pictures up to the top of the charts yes. and you could make a lot of money back then I mean on that it was funny to me that you could make money just by shooting someone's like picture on a carpet you know because <laughs> it wasn't to me I, I didn't feel like that was actually like you know a, a quote-unquote like good picture it was just a picture of a person and the person was what was making the money for you you know whereas like otherwise if you're shooting sports or you're shooting fashion and or something you have to really work to make that image or you're finding like the key moment and these moments were just kind of ready made for you other than like calling out someone's name <laughs> lots of yelling so, and screaming <laughs> so at that time you are exclusively in LA yeah uh, I was living in LA and I stayed out in California for 10 years so I covered lo lots of things and and sports um I mean, oh, you studied sports I did time. I shot sport out there I shot tennis you know I shot soccer I shot um football like all sorts of things and even in LA I mean everything is permeated by celebrity so even the sports stars are you know celebrities there and and it always has this kind of air of you know, ele elevated uh, glamour to it, even even then. But I always love sport because I just find that it has all the elements of of a, a great picture. I mean, a, a great story. I mean, you've got you've got a win, you've got a loss, you've got emotions, you've got you know excitement. You have all these things coming together in this big arena, and you've got crowd and fans and. An atmosphere. I mean, it's pretty magical when that all comes together and you see that. I mean, it can be, it can be just like an amazing experience to be a part of as a photographer and as someone in the media. And so, um, how you know what makes a, a good photographer in LA? Because it's overcrowded. It's very hard. It's very competitive. So, how do you stand out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you really have to just kind of find your your niche and like your. I mean, I would say like you almost have to cultivate a style and, and I don't even think that is conscious sometimes. Like I think for me, it just was who I was and who I am as a person and that was coming out of my work and, and I hope that that still does. I hope when people see something that they know that it's mine or that they know that like it has my stamp on it or yeah. my mark on it and that's just yeah. being an artist, I think, or being part of someone creative where you you just see the world the way you see it and you can't help that you know that's your innate view of life and I think that's a pretty amazing thing like you could stand 10 people in a row to shoot the same thing and it's everyone's is going to look different, different and yes. I find that cool it's like painting or anything like that I mean I love painting I love I love art I mean I love looking at art really I mean for for people that inspire me I mean I think when it's not necessarily like some old school photographer that I've always followed it's more for me it would be a painter I mean I love Hockney I love his swimming pool art I love his I mean I just love his use of color and like the simplicity of it even though it's probably not simplistic I mean I can't I'm not a painter but I, I if I could aspire to be another type of artist like it would probably be that um just like the colors and the way it makes me feel I mean I can't even explain why I like it and and sometimes when I when I love art, I don't even 
know why I love it. And I think that's the beauty of it. And I could love it and someone else could hate it. And that's, that's yeah, fine. That's you fine. know, it's like, it just, for me, it resonates with me. And I still, like I was recently in, in uh, Paris for the summer for the Women's World Cup, which was also yeah, amazing. Wow. <laughs> it was amazing to be a part of that as a woman and just as a female sports photographer. And, and just the, the way the world viewed that, I thought it was pretty amazing. Um, but I went to the... I went to Musée d'Orsay and I wanted to see the Van Goghs there, which are beautiful. And I guess I hadn't been in Paris in 15 years, probably. God, dating myself. But, um, and you, you didn't, you, I mean, I guess you couldn't, no one had phones or you didn't, couldn't bring phones in. You couldn't take pictures. You couldn't take, in you couldn't a, take in pictures in the museum, museum back then, yeah. right? So this, so for me, this was the first time I had been in the Parisian museums in this cell phone age. And I was just shocked at like how many people were walking around taking photos of all the paintings. It was just so odd to me because I felt we're here to look at them. We're not here to look at them through a phone or take a picture of them. It was almost comical in a way. Like I, I think I was the only person in the museum Looking not taking with your a picture. Eyes, not behind a screen. Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm a photographer. <laughs> like it was just baffling to me. But I really wanted to like I wanted to look at the brush strokes and I wanted to look at the paintings because I love them so much. And I just thought. I hadn't seen them in person in such a long time, but if I could ask Musée d'Orsay to please not allow people to bring phones in, I want to, because it just made the experience so different. But I guess if you're, if you never knew any different, it wouldn't, it wouldn't feel like that. But to me, it really was pretty, yeah, eye-opening, I guess, to see that. But seeing the paintings there was amazing, and like those kind of things inspire me as an artist. Like whenever I'm feeling you know, like uncreative or dull or like I'm stuck. I like to go do things like that. And it doesn't even have to be like a museum or art. It can be just a beautiful place, you know? And often I don't even, I don't even take a camera. I don't take a phone because I just want to look and I want to see it and I want to feel it. Like I don't actually want to document everything I do or everything I see because I feel like that can be also detrimental, like as an artist, like you know, I mean, if I'm planning or if I'm looking, if I'm going to do a shoot and I'm looking at a mood board, I do that to some extent, but I also, I also don't do that because I think you're going to, I don't know, put images in your head that weren't there before. And I don't want to like pollute what I might think or do on my own. <laughs> so seconding back to LA, uh, you said t 10 years and yeah. then you, you decided to yeah, so af explore after side that, of the world. Yeah. I mean, after that 10 years, I mean, I felt like I had done a lot of things in LA that I wanted to do and I kind of wanted to change. Um, I mean, that tends to be my personality. I like change. Why it's, which is probably why I like this job. It's always something different. And so I ended up moving overseas to Australia. So I was based in the Outback for a few years in Alice Springs, just kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, and that was, I was with my partner at the time and he was working out there. So it was, it was kind of a mutual decision that we wanted to go and like see the world and experience another part of the world. And so that was pretty, pretty crazy. Cause it was like literally in the middle of nowhere. And, and I didn't know how it would be like, I didn't know if I would like it. I didn't know if it would be interesting, if it would just, you know, provide any opportunities, but we were open to whatever it was going to provide. Yeah. Start everything again. I mean, start everything network, again, the uh, network completely. So I, and I didn't really, like I had some minor connections there, like not really a lot. Like I didn't have many people to reach out to, but I started working at the local paper there. Cause I always feel like that's a good start. 
to meet people and to just kind of keep my creative uh, juices flowing, so to speak. And then I also was still working for um, Corvus at the time, which was a different agency. So I was doing some work for them if it was like an international sporting event or fashion week or something like this that had... You would fly out. I would, I would like, file to them. So, like, that that helped me with, like, um, international coverage. And and then I was also, like, going to Sydney and covering Fashion Week there and then doing some things for the Australian newspaper and Sydney Morning Herald when they would need something where I was, like, out in the so outback. So you reached out to them directly or you had I a, did. I reached yeah. out to them directly and just said, hey, I'm here in this area and, you know, this is my background, this is my experience. And I, and I think I just would, you know, keep at them if there was like something interesting going on or if, or if they had a story and they couldn't send someone all the way from Sydney, then they would know I was there and like use me. But I was pretty proactive about it. I mean, I would like reach out and I would kind of harass them (laughs) to, to use me. And, and that was kind of how I started in that world there. And then I happened to know one sports photographer from New York who was working, for Getty over in Australia he was doing like a two-year kind of exchange so to speak and I ran into him at a camel race which is and a camel race yeah was, did we I were, hear well we were both <laughs> shooting this camel race in Alice Springs and and this guy Ezra from New York happened to be there and and he saw me and I saw him and I probably hadn't seen him in you know five ten years and he was like what are you doing here and I was like what are you doing here and he was up there covering it for Getty and I was there covering it for Corvus, which is this kind of competing agency. And he he was just like, I can't, I didn't even know you were here. And I was like, yeah, I'm based out here for a few years. And so he was like, oh, you should really contact um, one of the heads for entertainment and sport in Sydney and let them know that you're out here for Getty. And so he kind of helped me um, get my foot in the door, so to speak, with them. So then I went down to Sydney and I met with Dawn, who was the entertainment editor for Getty Images in Asia Pacific. And then I started doing more entertainment for them and then consequently more sport for them until I ended up staying over there for five plus years and ended up covering, you know, every sport imaginable that's popular in Australia of cricket and rugby and, you know. Okay, silly question. Do you need to understand the rules of this game? Yes. Because <laughs> I guess so, I guess you need to know where, right. when, where to shoot. Well, there's, yeah, there's a massive tournament for cricket called the Ashes, which is every year. And then there's Rugby World Cup. I mean, there's many things. And Getty, I remember that was coming up and they wouldn't let me shoot the cricket finals or the Ashes until I had shot women's cricket for like a year to learn all the rules. And so I was just like, oh God. And it's, for me, I was like, oh man, the sport is like so long. I mean, these, like the the matches can last five days. I mean, people are sitting in the stands, like reading the paper, having tea because they're just so long. And so for me, I was like, yeah, the sport. Five days? Cricket? Yeah, they can go for five days. And I was, I still feel like I don't even understand all the rules. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not like the biggest cricket fan, uh, to be honest. And so, but the nuances of cricket is like some, like you could sit there for hours and then like, and then something happens. So you're, you're like hyper-focused mentally and it can be exhausting because you're, you're just like waiting, waiting, waiting for something to happen. And if you look down for one second to like change a lens or get, you know, get a snack, then that, then the one moment happens and you've missed this one moment in like five hours. So for me, it wasn't my favorite sport. I mean, I loved being able to cover like motorsport and surfing and 
um, F1. I mean, just all these things that I would have never had an opportunity to cover. Um, I got to there, which was just, it was hard, but it was great. You know, I mean, I just was out of my element, but also had to rise to the occasion, which I think is always good when you're in a profession for a long time, like something that scares you and something that maybe you haven't done before and you need to figure it out. So it was great. I mean, I loved that and stayed over there and ended up from the outback coming to Melbourne for two years and then ultimately Sydney for the last three years I was over there, um, you know, living by the water and surfing and all these things that I miss greatly. But it was a great time in my life and I'm so grateful for it. And so when I came back to the States, I just continued working for Getty over here and, and I wanted to come back to New Orleans. It's where my family is and uh, my nieces and so I really wanted to be here, and they said that was fine, but I was just going to have to travel quite a bit for other jobs because... You can be located anywhere, basically. These days you can. I mean, I feel like, you know, L.A. and New York are still kind of the hotbeds for most of the activity, or even a city that has multiple sports teams and multiple, like, you know, events going on. I mean, we do have a lot of things in New Orleans, but we only have basketball and we only have football so we don't have like a baseball team we don't have you know other pro sports hockey things like this so those things were maybe they were wanting me in a bigger city but none that I really felt like going to at the time so yeah but you, just like you said you went you know almost a month in Paris for yes, the uh, Women's World Cup yeah so was big. Was you're going to go to cover the Olympic Games I will be going to Tokyo in July of 2020 so that's the summer games um and that's probably be our biggest group that Getty Images has ever taken to an Olympics um which is pretty cool so it's probably like the largest um coverage we'll have and I suspect that it'll be a Olympics to remember in Tokyo Uh, I'm excited and I've been wanting to I knew that one was coming up for a long time like when they as soon as they announced that it was going to be Tokyo 2020 never been there in my life of all the travels I've done I've never been to Japan so I'm excited to see that country and that part of the world and how they operate and I'll probably stay on after to just yeah explore explore yeah you know among all your travels what was your favorite one uh, favorite place I mean, I mean if you have a favorite place <laughs> there's there so, so many. many yeah there's so many I mean the, I'll, I'll tell you one that kind of surprised me was probably South Korea I mean for the Winter Olympics that is not a place I had on my radar I mean I was never planning on taking a trip there I was never wanting to really go there and it ended up being that's where the Winter Olympics were in Pyeongchang and I got to spend some time in Seoul and just the people the food the culture It's a great place, and I would highly recommend, like, spending some time in Seoul in that country. Um, I really loved it, and I didn't expect to love it as much as I did. Um, I would go back. And great skincare products, by the way, too. I know. My daughter <laughs> spent one month in South Korea oh, in Seoul um, I think I last summer, so and face she masks. loved it. Yes. <laughs> she came back with a lot of it's face masks. Best. I mean, it's, like, their thing there. So I was just constantly, like, buying skin products and face masks. I would put them on every night after the hard day. If I had, like, a really long day, I would just lie in bed with one on my face. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, the, I mean, there I've also gotten to do some amazing assignments in, in Greece. I mean, I got to do a... A fashion shoot in Hydra which I loved which is a little island off the coast of Athens no cars and it was just really like a simple place but a beautiful place and that really gave me an appreciation for like this simple life and and how little you really need to be 
happy and I still love that place and I've been back a few times so I just I don't know it's like a special place to me because I never even again like I never even knew it existed I guess in my mind you know and now that I know I can't get it out. (laughs) So when you choose um, photojournalism Mm -hmm. were you thinking that would be that I would have this life I've had? No. No way. I mean I just. What were you thinking? I think I just thought you know I thought I love art. I love creativity. I love this access into people's lives I never would have met otherwise. And I think that has, you know, carried on and permeated my whole life. And and the people I've met and the experiences I've had, I'm so grateful for those things. I mean, I'm, I feel like I have friends all over the world. I have colleagues all over the world and I've gotten to see the whole world because of this job. And those things I'm super grateful and I feel like it's a lot about connections and a lot about the people I've met and the relationships I've made over the years and and you never know like who's going to end up where I mean you never know like if you met this person and in your life in your 20s like where they're going to be in their 50s and where you're going to be and you could end up reconnecting and working together in some way so I tried to always keep those is it a small world? It is a small world, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think it can be. Yes, for sure. I mean, like, because a lot of, and it, it's it's unfortunate when newspaper kind of went downhill, like how many of those creative people that I knew that were amazing photographers ended up going into a completely different profession. So I'm lucky that I got to stay and persevere in this career and life that I love, you know, because it's not always easy and it is competitive. And you always have to keep like changing and growing with the business because it's always changing. And I think it's just important to, you know, keep doing what you love and keep, keep stay your path, you know, like not get, not get caught up in the trends of, of what's going on. Cause I think sometimes like as an artist or as a, as like a creative person, you can be swayed by that. And I think if you stay your course and stay your path, like it's a lot it's a lot more authentic in the end, you know? So what is rewarding in your uh, work? I mean, you've been publishing very, very big uh, publication like The Times, New York's Weeks. Um, yeah. I mean, what's, re- what's rewarding? What is the most rewarding? Is being published in big uh, magazines? Or it I think is that still feels good to like ha- see, your, see your images in print or see them out there in the world, you know, that... what you're covering is getting some recognition and just being shown I mean I think especially um with the women's world cup for instance I mean that got a lot of coverage all over the world and I think that was pretty cool to be a part of and to see so that when you're covering these things I mean it's a lot of work it is hard and it is long hours and we have a crew of many people behind us like editors and yeah, you told me that Ugh. was amazing. That was instant. Yeah, we were instantaneous. So we were we would actually send straight from the straight from the pitch from our cameras to the editors in London, and they would send our images out. Like, and so it would almost be instantaneous um, or within seconds. And that's a service that Getty Images provides, like none other. So our images were being like streamed into the world as in no time as they happen. So like there was a there was a goal. There was a a score there's a celebration I mean that's out there you know like uh it was just that that kind of thing is amazing and like so that the whole inner workings of that and how that all comes together and like the group of people working hard to get those images out it's nice for that to be recognized and for that to be shown to the world and then once that message gets out there like with all these 
you know, these amazing women playing the sport. And then that led to so many other things like politically and pay wise. And it just, it made me happy to be a part of that. Like to see that I played some small part in, in that. So yeah, that's rewarding for sure. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about um, one niche for you is sports, but yes. you also do a lot of food yeah, photography. I do. I love doing the food photography. It's um, it's something I've been doing more and more of since I lived here. So probably like the last five or six years. And and I always try to shoot it like I would shoot anything, you know, like like a like I would shoot a fashion model or like I would shoot, you know, a great sports, uh, you know, legend. I mean, I try to make it as beautiful as it can be and find the beautiful light and and still make it art at the end of the day you know I mean it's inanimate it's an animate object so it's almost like it's it's funny because it's quiet and it's still and it's not like any other thing I cover and so for me that's that's nice it's like peaceful in a way it's like it's it's not you know you don't have all these uh, extenuating circumstances or factors but it's also hard I mean I think sometimes like it's it's also really tough like challenging it's a lot of details it's a lot of details and attention to detail and like and also just finding the right angles and making something look beautiful and making it look appealing to someone that they'd want to you know eat it or enjoy it or having it show the restaurant that it's in and you know you and I were talking about it but when you do food photography or interior photography you have um it's like a partnership with someone mm -hmm. you have most most of the time you have a stylist yeah which is we, we don't see you know behind a beautiful food right. photography There's we don't see a lot of work right. a lot of things going on but there is on. i mean and it's a it's a, it's funny because i think people see these beautiful images all the time and they really don't understand like the work that goes into getting that one picture i mean it's a lot of hours it's a lot of it's a lot of you know focus knowledge yeah, skills everything i mean and it's and i've i've worked with some amazing stylists food stylists prop stylists makeup artists hair i mean all of these people behind the scenes that go into making a beautiful image and helping me make a beautiful image i mean it's it's amazing like and i'm yeah lucky that i have a kind of access to people talented people like that it definitely helps and um you know kind of a being annoying with you. <laughs> uh, we have a new iPhone coming up now yes. with free lens. So I don't know, there is oh, magic yeah. about photography. Tell me, what's it so say it can do? <laughs> is it going to put me out of business? <laughs> no, people are maybe, you know, confused about, mm. you know, that being a photographer, right. it takes more than just having yes. a beautiful iPhone right. with incredible... Um, right. You know, yes, my sister always says to me, she's like, oh, that you must have a really good camera. And I always tell her that's funny because I'm like, no, it's not the camera. It's the person behind the camera. And yes, I mean, I feel like everyone has a camera and everyone has a phone that takes pictures, but it doesn't necessarily make you a professional photographer. And I mean, I always liken it to that the same thing as like when paint by number came out you know and everybody was like oh and I'm like oh I'm a painter now but it's not the same I mean it's just it's like you you know you are but you aren't and I think it's great that everyone's taking pictures I mean I think it may, it's making the world a more visual place but I I don't find I'm not like threatened by that and it doesn't like no, scare me I was or worry me. I know <laughs> I know I mean it's just funny to me because I'm like well yeah everyone has a camera but it doesn't mean they use it or it doesn't mean they even you know want to per se so 
yeah, I think I'll, I guess I'll be all right. I don't even have that new phone. I probably won't for a long time. I'm always <laughs> the last to get the updated iPhone. I swear I get like, the I get like the last version every, like a year late. So I'll probably uh, not even know what all it does. But do you, you use your iPhone? I do. I yeah. use it. Yeah. I mean, if I'm on a trip or vacation, I don't feel like lugging around a camera. I take it. I think it's a great tool. I mean, I definitely use it and I think they take amazing pictures um, and it's nice. I mean, we always say the best camera is the one you have with you. Like that's such an old like photojournalism adage, you know. Yes. <laughs> it's like an old, an old, uh, an old saying. Um, and so yeah, I mean, you could always. I mean, you never know what's going to happen in front of you. Like, and you should always have your camera with you. They say if you're like a, if you're yeah, a good photo J, yeah, in photo in photo J school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you miss something, they'd be. They'd be like, what? Where was your camera? You're like, oh, I left it in the locker room or I left it in the classroom. So I think having the phone is is handy for sure. Like when you're walking around just for happy snaps. And but like I said, a lot of times I like to walk around without it, too. I think that's important as an artist. Well, Marina, thank you so much for, you know, describing your life as thanks. a photographer. Yeah, thanks for journey. having me on. It's um, it's great to be here. I'm happy to uh talk about it and share and thanks for having this podcast it's great thank you to mariana for taking the time to meet with me and discuss her creative journey it was a real pleasure if you would like to learn more about mariana visit her website at marianamasset.com for more information you can also follow her on Instagram at mmimages. This podcast is an ongoing creative conversation for anyone who looks around and sees the added texture in their world and wants to know more about who is doing it. Be sure to share textures with your friends and community. Find your preferred listening platform at valerielegras.com slash podcast or listen to us on Spotify. Follow so that you don't miss new episodes. Thank you for listening. À bientôt.